uctoday.com. Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Out Loud Microsoft Monthly Podcast. So it's November and that only means one thing in Microsoft World, it's time for Ignite. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to travel to Orlando for Microsoft's annual partner conference this year, but luckily I know a man who has. My usual expert guest, Microsoft MVP and Ignite speaker, Tom Arbuthnot has been on site at Ignite this week, gathering all the news, and by the looks of it, there is a lot. Tom joins me from the podcast studio on the Ignite conference floor to bring us all the Microsoft Teams, communication, and collaboration news that has emerged this week from Ignite. Have a listen. Good evening from me, Tom, and where do I find you for this video? Yeah, so I'm in the uh, podcast studios at Orlando Ignite. So behind me, if you probably see a little bit, is the massive big stage. And right in front of me is like hundreds of thousands of feet of stands and activities and all sorts going on. I'm very jealous that you're there this week, but I've been I've been following your social and uh, to be honest, I was slightly losing track of the amount of news that there's been. And, uh, and there was and there was something big breaking just before we we've jumped on this video. Yeah, yeah, it's been a really, really busy week. There's been loads of news, some of it that Microsoft kept a good good lid on until now. So lots of new stuff, even for you know people that were following closely. But the the, the biggest thing for me is this uh, Microsoft Business Voice. So so is this a, is this a new package within 365? Yeah, so this is really interesting. So this is Microsoft have a a, a lower level of Office 365 tier for small, medium sized business up to 300 seats. And up until now, you literally couldn't add calling or conferencing to that SKU. So you had to step up to enterprise level to get calling or conferencing in Microsoft Teams, which to me was madness because like, so take a small business of 100 people, if they wanted to have dial-in and dial-out conferencing, they couldn't order it without stepping up to enterprise licensing, which is quite a lot more money. So now there's this new Microsoft 365 business voice SKU and it will bundle in calling and conferencing under one license for those 300 seat and below Office 365 customers. And that's a, that's a really big market for Teams, isn't it? I mean, obviously, internally, for, for any business of that size, Teams is potentially a very tra- very attractive all-in-one package. And having a, 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 re- a really tailored offering to that market makes a lot of sense. Yeah, well, I mean, so for Office 365 for small businesses is such good value. So you can get the basic Office 365 business SKU for $8.25 per user per month, the premium, which has all sorts of features in it for $12.50. So it's incredible value. So if you're at that below 300 seat, you actually get a lot of value for your money. Um, So a lot of small businesses are on it, but now there's a way for them to step up to calling and conferencing and in an easy, simple way. Um, I think it'll be a big market for Microsoft. Yeah, no, that that is pretty big news, and that broke just before we, we came on the call. So, what's the, what's the pack that particular package called again? Yeah, so it's it's called Microsoft Three Six Five Business Voice, and yeah, it broke. I think the blogs went out yesterday. Interestingly, it's only available in Canada and the UK to start. So it was announced at Ignite today, but it's a weird one because obviously it's, it's a global show, but very US dominated. Um, but they did say it's going global early next year, probably US first, then global. So certainly by 2020, Microsoft will have a really solid good value offer for the SMB conferencing calling, which I know is somewhere that like is, is very competitive with, say, WebEx and Zoom. Now Microsoft will have a simple way 
to use them as a PBX and a conferencing platform for those businesses. Oh, well, definitely one to keep an eye on there. You mentioned Cisco WebEx Teams and, and Zoom there, and there's also been some 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 news relating to sort of third party integration and more cooperation. In yeah, both. yeah, like crazy again, pretty crazy news. We've gone from Microsoft kind of you know Cisco and Zoom all battling very aggressively against each other to a bit of cooperation. So firstly, between Microsoft and Cisco, Cisco are going to run their own cloud video interop service to connect their standard-based and their rooms to Microsoft Teams. So if you've got Cisco RoomKit or any of the modern Cisco endpoints or any standards-based endpoints, they'll be able to connect to a cloud service run by Cisco and interoperate for Teams. So that's much like the service we've seen from Poly, BlueJeans and Pexip, but Cisco will be running it, so it'll be under Cisco licensing and Cisco terms. Um, and that'll be certified by Microsoft, so all approved on both sides of the fences. And also, Cisco are going to be on the certification program for direct routing, which is their session border controllers. So if you're running Call Manager or Cisco Cubes, you'll be able to SIP connect to Teams and be fully certified and supported. So really big for Cisco customers. If you've got a heavy investment in Cisco Call Manager, you've probably got their kit for voice. And if you've got um, their room systems, you're now going to have a Cisco approved way to connect those to Teams. I mean, it's something we've been talking about and potentially waiting for, wondering whether it would happen for quite a long time. It makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, in terms of the portfolios, as you said, Cisco make communication endpoints as well as having that expertise in networking. So there's a huge you know, customer base out there where, where there's synergies there. And from a Microsoft perspective, it makes, work, makes sense as well for you know, high quality endpoints to be able to be used with Teams. Yeah, definitely. It's, and it's a give-get. So what Microsoft are, are getting in response is the Microsoft Teams rooms will now be supported to connect to WebEx. So they will join WebEx kind of through a WebRTC browser join technology. So when you buy a Microsoft Teams room, you'll be able to click to join a WebEx meeting just like you can click to join a Teams meeting. And this is the agreement between Cisco and Microsoft is they're playing nice on both sides. So if customers have got a big investment in Cisco rooms, but they're going towards Teams, they can still use those Cisco rooms. If a customer's mainly a Microsoft Teams customer, but they want their room systems to also join the occasional WebEx, the Microsoft Teams rooms will be able to do that. So yeah, it's nice to see a little bit of uh, cooperation and a recognition that that'll make the lives better for customers. Yeah, that, that's what I was about to say. Ultimately, it's, and I saw this in the, in the Microsoft blog about the news, this is just going to make user experience better, isn't it? For, for anyone who's transitioning between, between the two manufacturers and on either platform or hardware. Yeah, 100%. It makes it better for Cisco Group, Cisco and Microsoft joint customers, and that's what it's all about, really. And the same type of story is being had with Zoom. So Microsoft Teams rooms will be able to one-click join to a Zoom meeting, and Zoom rooms will be able to click and join to a Teams meeting. And Zoom aren't actually building an interop gateway. Zoom are going to have native software on their their room systems that all natively join to a Microsoft Teams, again, through that kind of WebRTC type technology. So you'll be able to get two-way meetings. Now, it's important for customers to understand, like for each vendor, the native endpoint is probably still going to offer a superior functionality, superior experience. So I think the initial launch is going to be single party video. I think content is coming. So it's a a, a basic join experience that's totally acceptable, but there'll be whiz-bang things that Zoom do, there'll be whiz-bang things that Microsoft do, and whiz-bang things that Cisco do that will only work on their endpoints. But for most customers, they have a primary platform 
and then have pockets of the others or external acts on the others. So it just solves that problem for them. Yeah, no, it's, it's really exciting news. When when I saw that, I, I was pre- I was pretty shocked both on the on the Zoom and the Cisco front. But it but it makes a lot of sense, m- mutually beneficial for everyone, and, and ultimately and ultimately customers. In terms of in terms of teams, that there's been so many. I was on a briefing the other day about the meeting enhancements, but but you've highlighted sort of seven new features that the new features that are going to be available on Teams. Yeah, that's right. Let me grab the notes. That was basically there was a big keynote uh, Monday afternoon. And they dropped these seven new features and they're all coming fairly soon. So sort of next three months, some of them dropping now. Um, so private channels was the first one. We've talked about private channels a lot before. It's been a long time coming. It's been the number one user voice, but now it's legitimately rolling out. It's already in a lot of tenants right now. And that's the ability to have a channel in a team that is a subset of the team members. So for example, if 10 of us are doing a project, but only three of us need to talk about the financials on it. We could have a private channel for just those three to talk about the financials. All my process about where my team information goes stays the same for me. It's that team, but that channel is uh, just securely separated for that information. Okay, so that, that's private channels. What, what else was on the, on, on the new feature list? Yeah, pop, uh, pop out chat and meetings. Uh, like, like I mean, this we've had in Skype for Business forever, um, multi-window. So Teams by default is a single window experience, but now you'll be able to click and pop out into individual windows, individual chat sessions or meetings. Um, and that's quite useful. If you use Teams a lot, you have your meeting in Teams, but you also want to be in Teams, chatting, editing files, doing things as well. You can now pop your meeting out onto one screen and have your Teams client run in the chat and collaboration mode in the other screen as an example yeah and it's quite it sounds quite a sort of rudimentary function that but it it will make a big difference i've been in teams before and as you said single pane you tend to get dominated in a meeting but there's other things you want to be doing in other windows so it makes perfect sense that you should be able to do that yeah definitely so it's uh now it's another customer listening feedback one like it was a you know, heavy, high, fast-moving customers want multiple chat windows. They want their meeting over here, so it just makes it a bit more usable. There was more news on the features in terms of integration with, with Outlook, which we've been talking about for quite a while. What what's gone on there? Yeah, this was a really uh, interesting one. So basically, they've written a plugin for Outlook that will let you quickly move or copy a message and its attachments from email to Teams. And the same thing on Teams, you can take a Teams message, right-click on the message actions, and take it into a new email. So the the use case here is people still tend to use email for external communications because it's the global common denominator. So I'm emailing with a customer back and forth. They have a question. I can click that email, copy it into the right channel in Teams with the attachment, with full fidelity, and then have a chat about it in Teams with my internal team. And then when I get to the answer that I, I want to give back to the customer, I can click that message in Teams and copy it back into an email and be ready to go on the email front. So it's something people already do today, but it's a bit janky. But now it's just a bit slicker to go quickly from one to the other. And I suppose it's that acknowledgement that, you know, email is in no way dead. As you said, a vast communication, you know, outside of your organization is done by email and, and still a fair bit of it internally. So it makes sense for the process between your sort of collaboration hub and on your email hub to link up a bit better. Yeah, definitely. So it's the use case we have internally all the time. So we have one team per customer. The customer ends up talking on email. And we want to quickly get that content into Teams. Previously, we would forward it into Teams because each channel has an email address. But you lose some of the fidelity. You get silly, big, long signatures in it. And 
the attachments come across kind of as attachments, but now it'll be all nice and slick. That sounds great. What else was in the new feature keynote? There was uh, a new task app in Teams, so a specific app you can pin on the left-hand bar that will unify your Microsoft to-do tasks, which is like their to-do app, your planner tasks, which is like their corporate planning kind of Trello type product, and your Outlook tasks all into a single app. So it will have your personal tasks and your kind of organizational tasks. So again, just tidying up that experience of like, if I live in Teams, now I've got my tasks in Teams too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that actually, because Microsoft To Do is a great app, and I'm assuming it'll take a lot of the functionality from that and integrate it into Teams. Yeah, absolutely. It's just it's just surfacing that information, so you carry on using To Do the way you would, or the planner the way you would, but your relevant tasks will appear in that Tasks app as well. Uh, any other exciting new features announced? Yeah, so we've got uh, Yammer in Teams, which is interesting. So I'm a big Yammer fan. And Microsoft generally at Ignite are doing a big push on year of Yammer, and we're serious about Yammer. There's a nice new UI coming to Yammer, makes it a bit more modern. Obviously, Workplace by Facebook is doing really well in the market, so Microsoft are kind of reacting to that pressure um, of needing a really good enterprise social play. Um, in context of Teams, they've created an app, a Yammer app for Teams, if you like. So you can pin Yammer to the left-hand sidebar um, and surface, uh, surface Yammer in Teams which might sound a bit odd, but it, it makes sense if you use Yammer as its intent, which is work out loud, enterprise social, and you use Teams for private groups that are working on particular projects, it allows users to just check into Yammer without having yet another app to run. So for Modality, I'm really keen for us to get this. We use Yammer heavily, but some people just live in Teams and don't have the time to jump over to Yammer. I think having it in the sidebar will make it a bit more natural to go and have a quick look at Yammer rather than having to go to another app. Yeah, I'm also a fan of the enterprise social concept and, uh, and I've used Yammer in, in past organizations and I, I really liked this idea. So it, I suppose it just continues that theme as with the to-do list of just bringing more and more of those different areas that you might be moving out of your collaboration of into Teams so you you know it just makes your workflow more efficient. Yeah, it's definitely the theme, isn't it? If things are coming into Teams as apps, so you can pick and choose what's appropriate for you. If tasks are big to you, have it pinned. If Yammer is big for you, have it pinned. And, and you know, shifts for first-line workers and other bits and pieces, they're all coming in as apps within Teams, basically. So how many of the seven new features have we got left? We've got two more. We've got two more. So that was number five. So we've got uh, two meeting enhancements. So video backgrounds, which we've talked about previously on this show, because obviously we're on the pulse, but they kind of re-showed that you could add your own custom backgrounds to video. And they highlighted that it's a big feedback from customers for video adoption. So making people more comfortable with video, not just background blur, but being able to add, you know, from the beach or from the office. And it, it can seem a bit gimmicky, but if it gets people using video, that's that's only a good thing. Yeah, and I suppose if, if I'd had that ready now, I could have had a, a faux Ignite background behind me. And exactly. I could have there. Yeah, I, do you know what? I've seen people doing exactly that. They're rolling, uh, rolling video in the background to have a, a, a remote-like experience. Yeah, so number seven, rounding it out, is real-time captions in Teams meetings. So this is uh, real-time taking what people are saying and putting um, subtitles or captions at the bottom of the meeting. So really good for accessibility, but also as you join meetings, like I join a lot of meetings on the run, like having them captions on a mobile is a really nice experience just for me to keep up. Um, I don't know if I'm weird, but I, I watch Netflix quite often with the subtitles on, just because somehow it's easier to process sometimes if you have the text as well as the audio. 
nice feature coming there as well. Yeah, and I I had a briefing with one of the Microsoft Teams marketing managers, and they uh, demonstrated this live, and I'm assuming it's been demoed on straight. And it's 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 really accurate, isn't it? It's not. It is. Um, yeah, no, it's got all the AI and ML buzzwords in it, but it does seem to be incredibly accurate. Thing to bear in mind, obviously, it's English first and other languages to follow. So all this stuff tends to get developed in in English, native language for Microsoft, obviously. Um, but yes, the intent is eventually to have other languages as well to be uh, live transcribed. Yeah, and I suppose the potential there, they were explaining to me the difference between captioning is in your own language and subtitles would be a foreign language. But I suppose, as you said, English first, I think they said Spanish to come. I suppose in, in the long run, you could be speaking to someone who's speaking in another language and it could be subtitling it in English. I mean, I'm completely jumping ahead, but there's massive potential for that. Yeah, no, they, they have demoed some of that on Vision Keynotes before. So some of that in Skype Consumer, like it's, you can see how it's absolutely possible. Like if it's clever enough, to translate the words, then it could absolutely translate the, the sentence into another language as well. I think that stuff is just going to get slicker and slicker over time. We're only at the, the real cusp of how clever this AI cloud stuff can get, but it's nice to see it dropping in as real features now. Yeah, and I suppose the other part of that, if it's captioning an entire meeting and then transcribing that, I know in, in Microsoft Stream already, for example, you can search for words from the meeting and it'll bring it up from the transcription. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you can do that today. So you in stream um, something they actually showed at the show is a thing called Project Cortex, which is beginning to take AI and run it over all your documents and data and pull out keywords and key phrases and understand like, for example, if a, a project code comes up, you could look at it and it would give you all the relevant documents and information. And that's where this transcription comes in as well. It's like it could find meetings where some project was mentioned or something was described. So, yeah, it's not just about the accessibility, it's about the indexability and it kind of access to that data after the meeting happens. Well, really exciting seven new features. There was something else I wanted to to ask uh, ask you about, and that was some of the, the sort of hardware updates we've had as well and the, the, the collaboration bars. Yeah, so this is a new device category for Microsoft. So collaboration bar, which is a a smallish unit that sits on top of a screen, runs Android and runs the Teams app. So Yealink have got one and Polly have just announced one. And it's the same unit Polly announced that is Zoomtopia. So they have a Zoom version of it and a Microsoft Teams version of it. And it's a really nice uh, kind of unit in the sense of for a very small huddle room, you can have the one device that has Android, it runs the screen, it can do touch and it can do voice and it can do video. So you can just mount it on the screen and you're away. So it fits two use cases, either that focus room where it's very small and just uh, limited users or the personal video device. So something like the uh, the old Tamburg SX80s, so like execs used to have a dedicated video unit that can meet this requirement as well. Yeah, I was, I was writing an, an article about huddle rooms the other day and it, it just perfectly fits that market, doesn't it, in terms of the flexibility you need. A small device, you can st stick it on top of any screen, and you've effectively whatever space, even if it's a little space in an open plan office or in a you know a dedicated room, you you've set up yourself a little a little collaboration zone. Exactly, and you're not running a separate PC, and there's less wiring to do, and it should be easier to patch and maintain. So yeah, I think that there'll be a nice price point for there, really, where it's starting to unlock it, making sense to have a screen and one of those, and that room is video and collaboration enabled. And the fact that they've got touchscreen is really nice. So you can add the touchscreen and have interactive whiteboard and click to join on the screen and that stuff as well. It's a nice modern experience. 
That sounds very snazzy. Also, there was an announcement, I think it was about some new speaker phones. I think Yealink were, were the first, but there's going to be others to come as well. Yeah, so so all the Teams devices uh, are starting to get kind of Teams-specific editions. So all the, I should say, Skype for Business, UC-certified devices work with Teams, but the new gen of devices have Teams buttons on them, a specific Teams button that will take specific Teams actions. And the actions are contextual to what Teams do, is doing. So if Teams is is ringing, it knows that you know, you're going to want to ask that call. But if you've got a meeting, maybe that's a meeting joint experience. They're still working on what those buttons will do. But yes, the A-Link have now got personal, um, like kind of the circular speakerphone thing, either connect to their room systems or personal. Poly have got them, Sennheiser have got them. Those Teams buttons are also turning up on the headsets. And they're also turning up on the phone. So that will be a theme you'll see on devices that have a specific Teams button that will do specific things. Well, well Tom, I think that's probably most of the, the headline news and announcements and, and new features. But you've been there this week. What, what's Ignite been like? What have been your personal highlights? I know you've been on stage a lot as well. And probably you've had to run from stage to get here to this <laughs> podcast recording. Yeah, it's been a busy week. It's been really, really good. Like I, I just love Ignite for the fact that everybody is so accessible. So they, they fly in the actual product managers, the actual owners, they're sitting on the stands talking to customers. And so that's good. But like for me, those Teams features are really interesting and the UC stuff, the Cisco stuff is super interesting. For the wider market, the interesting thing is how much Teams is about app integration and business process. So they, they talked on stage about having people in Microsoft focused, dedicated to vertical. So there are people in Teams for edgy, there are people in Teams for frontline workers, there are people in Teams for healthcare. And these are multiple full-time roles that are living in that industry with those customers, seeing how they can make Teams and the apps relevant for those customers. And then the other thing is the Power Platform, Power Apps, and all the associated abilities you can have as kind of a no-code, low-code developer. You can now pin those apps in Teams as a genuine Teams app. So they're bringing that world together. And this is where Microsoft are really kind of changing the game because they've got all these pieces to play with. They've got their cloud, they've got the UC, they've got the apps platform. They're they're making teams trying to be a category of its own, which is more than just UC and collab. It's business process. It's your your place to bring all this stuff together and work. So outside of the UC stuff, that the app integration, app platform, app dev stuff was really the big focus for teams. It's been, the news has been nonstop. It, I know you've been incredibly busy. I, I'm really jealous that I didn't actually get to join you in, in Orlando this year. But We need to talk to Rob next year, you know. We're going to have the uh, the podcast studio again. We'll have to get it booked in earlier. <laughs> well, we'll have a full UC Today podcast studio next year. But, but Tom, thank you so much for taking time out of the event um, to, to keep us up to date with, with all of the news and updates. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And we'll do the usual podcast at the end of the month. So we'll absorb all this information and have a bit more at the end of the month. Big thanks to Microsoft for letting Tom use one of the recording booths for the podcast update. And as always, a huge thanks to Tom for taking the time live from the Ignite event itself. As we were saying, there is so much news, you might well have missed something. But don't fear, we have you covered. Tom's blog at tomtalks.uk has loads of info on all of the announcements, but it's also worth following him on social media, LinkedIn or Twitter, as he puts updates out on the social as he gets them. You can also find a series of articles on UC Today covering all the news from Ignite. So head to uctoday.com, search for Ignite, and there is enough reading there to keep you going for quite a while. That's it for this special Ignite episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and a big thanks for listening.